Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Alex Dorsey, joined, as always, by my good pal, my good friend, uh, El Comprende. I don't even know if that's Spanish. Justin Carroll, Justin, Friday night. Friday. How you feeling? Uh, um, friend in Spanish is amigo, but I am feeling pretty good on this day, Friday, and also after this episode of SmackDown, because overall, I loved it. Me too. I mean, for the, you know, the 95% that I was there for, I loved it. It was a great episode. And I guess uh, trying to get things uh, condensed a little more as we continue to go along here. Um, Getting right into it here. So SmackDown started out with the Sheamus and Jeff Hardy contract signing. I didn't quite catch the immediate beginning of it, but uh, more or less... Seamus wants Jeff Hardy to do a urine sample because he's a junkie. And uh, Seamus, <laughs> You're a junkie. You know, Seamus uh, made sure that it was in the contract that he would take it and the doctor would watch him. Uh, you know, Hardy is doing his business in a little cube in the ring, which is probably a little un- on the unprofessional and unsafe side. But uh, the doctor is watching him, I guess. I didn't catch the doctor's name. I'm sure I'm surprised it wasn't some ridiculous name. But uh, Hardy goes on to say uh, that sometimes people rather would be pissed off than pissed on. And he, he went on to throw his quote-unquote pee at Sheamus. And I noted that pee is extremely dark, so he must have been dehydrated. <laughs> and also, he peed so much. I'm like, what do you drink, Niagara Falls? It was so much pee for this gigantic cup. But, you know, Jeff Hardy ended up throwing his quote-unquote P onto Sheamus. He flips out. The security guards really don't do anything about it. They pretty much just, like, stand there and semi-take it because it sort of, like, bounces off Sheamus in a sense. But then, since you cannot say piss on TV, they try to do the seven-second delay thing where they would try to, you know, make it silent so they can blur it out. But it didn't work out in their favor, and they kept on saying piss on national TV. Yeah, I'm sure someone won't be happy about that. But uh, as, 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 as ridiculous as the segment was, I think uh, I think it was okay. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, I still it. don't like this whole ordeal, but I'm sure they'll have a good match on Sunday. Yeah, they should. Um, are we going to do a review for that or just the big matches? For Backlash? Yeah. On, like, Sunday night? No, I mean, like, before the episode ends today, are we going to talk about the big matches that are happening at Backlash? Yeah, we don't have a ton to talk about for this episode, so we can get into that. We'll get into the bigger matches. Um, okay. Of course, okay. the greatest wrestling match ever. How could you forget? <laughs> Once. One. One. Anyway. Uh, so, anyway, they come back after commercial. Sheamus is washing his face off. He's using mouthwash. I, I would hate to be the guy that gets that got pee thrown in his face and he had his mouth open. That would be terrible. So he's mouth washing. He's washing his face. The doctor comes back out and said the test was negative. Seamus flips out. I don't really know why, but anyway, I mean, you had to probably guess that he wasn't going to test positive, but either way, uh, we go after this. We have the New Day versus Cesaro and Nakamura. Both of the New Day, that being Kofi and Big E, start to throw their jackets at Corey Graves every week now. That's getting more and more entertaining. Um, 
Kofi hit the SOS on Cesaro, on uh, Nakamura. Cesaro breaks up the pin. Big E sends him over the top, that being Cesaro. Kofi goes for the splash from the top rope. Nakamura gets the knee up, and Nakamura gets a 1-2-3 win for Cesaro and Nakamura. After this match, since Nakamura and Cesaro won, I'm thinking they might be in the title picture sometime soon. And I think those guys mesh really well as a tag team, although they have not been in tag team competition all that much. I'm definitely looking forward to what they might do with Nakamura and Cesaro, though, since they have won against the tag team champions, that being New Day. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, after this, we had an interview with, uh, we had a segment with Tucker and Otis backstage. Tucker is back. Uh, he was working on Otis's senses, uh, ringing oh, a bell. this is so funny. Ringing a bell. Uh, Otis know, knew it was a bell. Uh, they had steaks. Uh, and man, uh, Otis started to smell it and knew it was a steak. Then uh, you could do the line. You could do the funny part. <laughs> so since Otis is blindfolded, he cannot see. So after he smells the steaks, Mandy kisses him and <laughs> he says, <laughs> "He says, I appreciate the gesture, Ducky Butt." And then he takes off the blindfold and then. It's Mandy, and he goes, oh, yeah, I was dying laughing when I saw that. I couldn't help myself. I'm not even sure what happened after this, because I was just dying. Like, I was, I was seriously, like, my rib hurt laughing so much at that. What actually happened after this was Hardy and Sheamus were brawling. They came from the other room to start brawling, and they broke that up. After this, we had a pretty lengthy IC title package, which was... Very good. I mean, they never fail to put on a good video package, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely nice to see that little video package of the Intercontinental title. They also talked about Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles' matchup. And then after this, we obviously have AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. This pretty much took up a tiny bit less than half of the show. It went well over 40 minutes. This match delivered... I don't know how it was in the main event. This match was terrific. Absolutely it was. I said that twice now, but this was great. I mean, I put this match on TV, on my big TV. Usually yeah. I just watch, it on, watch SmackDown on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I put this on the TV to watch this one, and boy, was I not disappointed. I even tried to avoid blinking, so I did not miss a single moment in this match. It was just so good. And I'm thinking to myself, how could you not put this match on Backlash? Why would you wait like to do it on SmackDown? Granted, I love that it was on SmackDown. I think it really represents the brand itself, you know, with that terrific match they had. But why not save that for the pay-per-view, you know? I know. We definitely could have saved that. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. Loved the match, though. That I would seriously go out of my way to watch it because it was really, really good. Should we get into who is the new Intercontinental Champion, though? Yes. AJ, you know, Brian had the action early on. AJ started working on the leg uh, you know, through the uh, calf crusher. Uh, this didn't end up, you know, taking the whole toll of the match. As uh, we get towards the end here, Brian is getting fired up for the big knee. Uh, AJ catches Brian as he goes for the big knee. Gets him in the Styles Clash. Hits the Styles Clash. Goes for the pin. One, two. Brian kicks out a two. AJ 
is furious, gets up on the top rope, goes for the uh, the phenomenal forearm, hits it, and this was it. One, two, three. AJ Styles is your new intercontinental champion. He is one title short of becoming a Grand Slam champion in WWE. And do you know what that title is, Jaworski? That is the universal title. Okay, no. It was the tag team titles, because he has never been a tag team champion. Wait, when was he? He wasn't universal champion. No, a Grand Slam champion, I'm pretty sure, is when you win either or the universal title or the WWE championship. You have to win both Intercontinental and United States Championships, and you also need to have the tag team titles at one point. So he's oh, one title my bad. away. Well, obviously he's yeah, obviously he won the championship. My bad. But anyway, I mean, after after the match, he had his interview said he's the best champion WWE has ever seen, and that he is truly phenomenal. I I am phenomenal. Amen. This was terrific. Uh, I, I had to step it. out immediately after this. Uh, I don't think that I missed too much necessarily between a couple interviews and the start of the main event. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you for the uh, two minutes that I probably missed altogether that was worthwhile. <laughs> so after this, Braun Strowman appears on our TV. He's not being interviewed. He's just talking directly to the camera. And he talks about how he can fix the damage that Miz and Morrison did to his windshield but they're not going to be able to fix what he does to Miz and Morrison at Backlash, as he said. So he warns Otis that if he does anything foolish or try to even attempt to catch in on him, that he will do the same thing that he did to Miz and Morrison. After this, we get we have these like weird balloon things appear in the ring, and they talk about how there's going to be a celebration for the new women's tag team champions, that being Sasha Banks and Bailey, get back from commercial. Oh, no, wait. Did I skip a little bit? Uh, I don't know. No, I, I wasn't did not. There. No, no, no. I did not. Bailey and Sasha come out talking about how they're so great. Yada, yada, yada. So Bailey says that she prepared a poem, but then Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out. They're talking about how they want to rematch, you know, that dumb stuff. Can't wait for backlash. And then. The Iconics appear on the big screen in the back, and Alexa Bliss and Bailey jump. No, 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 no. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross jump Sasha Banks and Bailey, leave them flat on the outside. Then um, Alexa Bliss proceeded to put the legit boss thing on her hands and, you know, uh, show it to them. I thought that was, you know, stupid. Didn't really matter. But then the Iconics are just laughing at them. Obviously, that was pre-taped. We move on. Kayla interviews Miz and Morrison. And as they're about to debut a new music video, thankfully, it got abruptly cut off by Braun Strowman's entrance. And they did this new little graphic thing for Braun Strowman. I think they're really trying to push for the, uh, like the Braun Express or something along the lines like that. Like his new t-shirt. It was a cool graphic, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we cut to commercial. But as we're about to get into the main event, the bro, Matt Riddle, another little vignette played. And they say he's debuting next week on Friday Night Smackdown. And I wrote in all caps, I am extremely excited for this. Me too. And, uh, you know, I, so I don't think Smackdown's getting a little stale. 
but it's getting a little repetitive, I'd say, with everything going on. And the title picture, both title pictures, obviously, AJ and Brian will be are pretty exciting. But um, other than that, uh, we need something a little fresh, a little new. I think Riddle is going to be a really good change of pace for Friday Night SmackDown. You know, of course, Riddle with his, you know, just his really laid-back, relaxed self, I think it's going to be really different than what you see from, you know, the normal roster on Friday Night SmackDown. Like a dude who's just so tranquil, you know, just going around being the bro. But then when he gets into the ring, he's just a complete badass. I think it's going to be a really smart move for Friday Night SmackDown to pick up Matt Riddle. Absolutely. So we get into the six-man tag team match. It wasn't a ton that I caught for the last eight or so minutes. But, uh, you know, Braun coming towards the end of the match. Braun gets fired up. He throws Ziggler against the glass. He throws Morris, uh, John Morrison against the plexiglass again. And, you know, Otis hits the caterpillar and gets the win for their team. There was no tease in tension between both Otis and Tucker and both Otis and Braun, which I thought maybe it would have been a little tease, but I guess not. And that's how we ended this episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Really quick review. That uh, have some more things we want to jump into here. Overall, though, SmackDown, 1 to 10, what do you think? Overall, with the terrific match we saw, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, uh, a semi-decent match with Nakamura Cesaro in the New Day, in an all-right main event, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a pretty high rating, I'm going to say. A maybe 7.6. 7.5 for me. We're always within Ooh. that 0.4. Always keeping that together. So uh, close. Not, a, not on purpose. Not on purpose, but this is how we do it. But uh, either way, that was uh, Friday Night SmackDown. We want to get into our gimmicks of the week before anything. Justin brought it to my attention that he was thinking of drop kicks for whatever reason. I forgot what he said. Do you want me to get my reason for this? Uh, you don't have to, but we're going to do drop kicks. <laughs> For gimmicks of the week, and uh, who has the best? Who who has the best dropkick in the in the biz, as they say? Uh, I didn't. It didn't take me. Well, it took me a second to figure that one out, but I did end up going number one for dropkick in the biz. AJ Styles. I couldn't help but notice during his match with Brian. All his matches, the flawless dropkick that he loves to hit on all his all all of his opponents. Three names come to mind when I think of having some of the best drop kicks I've ever seen. Roderick Strong, as unbiased as that is, I'm literally saying Roderick Strong has one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen. He gets so high, hits it so smooth, it is just pure perfection. Kazuchika Okada, one of the most beautiful drop kicks ever. If you watch his uh, 60 minute match with Kenny Omega, he had one time. It was like well into an hour of that match, and Okada still managed to hit his pitcher perfect drop kick. It's just outstanding. And then this one might come to a shock to you, Jaworski, because I don't think you've ever seen it. The Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson, also has such a beautiful drop kick. Have you ever seen it? Probably not, no. Okay. So what he does, he'll lift one leg off of the floor and then jump and then do the drop kick. I'm going to have to send you a video of it, but it is so 
nice and it's just beautiful. And those are the big three names that come to mind when I think of who has the best drop kick. There you go. Best drop kick. So uh, there's two more radar. Um, hold on. I, I got I, I have a major text message here. <laughs> what does your life depend you. on it? What's going on? Not really. <laughs> um, and before we get into backlash preview, Bruce Pritchard taking over the reins for Raw and SmackDown. What do you think? Paul Heyman off of Raw. Uh, I guess this was expected within the company and the only one who really didn't know. But uh, what do you think about the, uh, the, the move here? So I talked to you a little bit about this just throughout the last couple of days. I think with the way SmackDown is going right now, if they are able to do the same thing on Monday Night Raw, I think it's really going to improve the show overall. Of course, three hours is just, ugh. But if they're managed, like, if they are able to manage having a good show on SmackDown for two hours, and I get three hours might be a little more tough for them to write for, I still think they're going to be able to pull off a pretty decent show with the roster they have. Um, what am I? Oh my god, I just blanked. With the roster that they have, they should be able to put on pretty good storylines and better what Paul Heyman was able to do. I think Vince didn't really see much improvement with Paul Heyman. I think he maybe saw a lot of repetition because that's what I saw as a fan. I just thought it just got a little repetitive in a sense. But I think definitely with the same creative team that writes for SmackDown is now writing Raw. I think it's definitely going to improve in the next couple of weeks. I sure hope so. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to think. I think it's just kind of wait and see right now, especially for everything going on in wrestling, for one. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see. You know, I, a couple of years ago, the McMahon said that they were going to do better. And... And listen to the they fans. Really, they really haven't. They really, and then they said they were going to listen to the fans, and they really haven't. Yeah, it's just, I definitely, I mean, it's not to think that, um, like, SmackDown listens to their fans all that much, but it's just like, man, I can't, oh my god, why am I blanking all of a sudden? Oh my god, it's, what was I saying? <laughs> you were saying about the fans. Yeah, it's not that they're more along the lines, like, listen to the fans. They still have to, you know, what is going to make them draw money at the end of the day. I think, you know, with the way Otis is being used, that was definitely a WWE idea, less of the fans idea. And, like, the same thing with Drew McIntyre, if you really think about it. Having Drew eliminate Brock Lesnar was WWE's choice. That wasn't, like, the fans' choice whatsoever. Like, when they talk about the fans, I'm more along the lines think of, like, the stuff that happened with Daniel Bryan and the stuff that happened with Kofi Kingston and, you know, a lot of the other stuff that happens. I just, I think it's going to be a good business move on their part. That's all I'm going to say. I sure hope so. Now we can get into the final uh, portion of this episode. Our preview of Backlash. I didn't quite get our record for TakeOver. Um, I think I probably did terrible. You probably did a little bit. 
For backlash, I guess we don't have to go for every um, match. No, I'll highlight the big, the big matches. How about that? Well, obviously, there's one big one we can start out with. Let's see. Greatest wrestling match ever, or what could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, Edge, Randy Orton. Edge, obviously, getting the edge. <laughs> <laughs> In I the first phone. match, of course. So, will he do it again? Who knows? I'm going to say Randy Orton picks up the win in this match. I'm not going to give my get... reason why. <laughs> why? Do you have one? I, I, Yeah, I sort of do. I think with the way Edge has been overthinking, I just think Randy Orton's going to capitalize on that moment and just, you know, really put on a beating on Edge. I think... He'll do something illegal to maybe, you know, win the match because he talks about being an old-school type matchup. I just have a feeling Randy Orton's going to win. I don't really think Edge is going to win. Um, Yeah, I think we got another – I think we have a Randy Orton win coming up. And I think we have a trilogy. I think we do. Yeah, we definitely have a trilogy coming onto our hands. But let's get into a SmackDown match. I, I consider that – oh, my <clears> – <throat> I consider this a semi-big match. Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, who do you think is winning? Hmm. See, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of going into this. For one of the better storylines, that's for sure, on SmackDown. Very personal, obviously. But this has been brewing for two months. You know, them dropping the teaser uh, back when, you know, Sheamus would yell at Michael Cole, of course, for, you know, what what... Well, how he was talking about the redemption and the, you know, readjustment or whatever it was with Jeff Hardy, the bio series there. But I'm going to go Jeff Hardy. I think you're going to send the fans home happy. Watching I, at home, I guess. I agree. I think Jeff Hardy's going to end up winning this match. I think if Sheamus wins this match, it sort of just kills off Jeff Hardy in a sense. That, like, he has nothing left in the tank. I definitely do see Jeff Hardy winning this match and also to get into another smackdown match we have a two-on-one yes a handicap match for the universal championship miz and morrison go against braun Strowman. universal championship who do we think is winning this is gonna be a tight one you think so oh, i think so and it's blatantly obvious to me who's winning. I think we're gonna we're, we are going to see Braun Strowman win this match. Yes, but now more than ever, we cannot rule out Otis because this is has the perfect setup oh. for him cashing in the briefcase. I did not even think about that. Otis, our money in the bank winner, could cash in on Braun Strowman in this match. I definitely. Mm. Uh, I don't think Otis is going to cash in. Unless Miz and Morrison put on a good beating after Braun Strowman potentially winning the match, Otis could come in and cash in, but I'm not exactly sure he's going to cash in at Backlash. Nope. Okay. What do we have next on the ballot here? All right. The last big match that comes to mind for the WWE Championship, it is Drew McIntyre against Bobby Lashley, most likely alongside MVP. Who do we think is winning? I think this is going to be a good one. 
I've been waiting for this match. I called it a few weeks ago that Bobby Lashley should absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, be in the title picture. But I think our uh, our our uh, prideful, our fighting champion Drew McIntyre is going to retain the belt, retain the strap, pal, at uh, Backlash. I definitely do think Drew McIntyre is going to get the win against Bobby Lashley. I just think it's way too early for Drew McIntyre to lose the title. I sort of dig Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. But, um, you know, Bobby Lashley might possibly win the match, you know. We never really got to see what happened after Bobby locked in that full Nelson on Drew McIntyre. So, you never really know. And, really quick, do you want to just review the other matches? Just give, like, give a prediction who might win? Just not go into depth about it? Okay. Sure. For the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Nia Jax. Sort of obvious to me. I think Oscar's winning. Yeah, I don't see Oscar dropping the strap to Nia Jax quite yet. <laughs> the women's... So far, there's an occurring theme. We don't care about the women's matches. <laughs> women's Tag Team Championship match. Bailey and Sasha Banks, the champions, against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Against the Iconics, who do we think is winning? I don't really care for this match, but I sure do hope the Iconics get their second reign as women's tag team champions. Hmm, I think Bailey and Sasha Banks are going to win this. I think that they still need, you know, bigger names for Raw. So I think it's just easier for them to, you know, have the titles on them. That's me being like, oh, I think I know everything. But I just, I don't know. I think it would be way too early for them to lose the titles. For the United States Championship, Apollo Crews... Versus Andrade. Hmm. Uh, I mean, Apollo only won it what, three weeks ago. So, again, I don't see it. You don't see Apollo winning? I don't see Apollo losing. Oh, okay. I don't either. So, there's also possible matches on the card. I don't know if this is exactly true. Well, we're just going to talk about it anyway. Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits... Against the Viking Raiders. I think the Street Profits are going to win this. Uh, if it's a match. I never heard of that. I don't know. Maybe your yeah, sources wait, are me, a little... Let me, yeah, wait. Maybe your CBS sources Sports. are a little better than mine. This has become a comedy angle based around the Raiders' claims that they can do anything better than the Profits. While the angle hasn't exactly uh, delivered the goods on weekly TV, a pay-per-view showdown between the teams, all but certain as the Street Profits, continue to look for their win over the Raiders. Oh, wait, so I don't think that's an actual match. Probably uh, not. Okay, the other matches. I mean, it's going to happen sometime soon, but Seth Rollins and Allison Black, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. <laughs> no. That's but, it. Uh, anyway, that's it. Very short. Um... Very short uh, card here, I guess, kind of deal. I, uh, I can only assume that a couple of those matches will go, well, the greatest wrestling match ever, or quite possibly the greatest. Re- that'll probably be close to an hour, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, how much you want to bet Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles will be better than the greatest wrestling match ever? I would bet last arm on it. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, we covered a lot of uh, points definitely here today. Anything else that we uh, have uh, yet to miss? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, unless you want me to do my 80s quote now or plug the social media first, maybe. Sure, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I want you to plug the social media first. Okay. I have to go. Anyway, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at J&J Wrestling Pod for all future content there. Of course, we had the announcement of uh, Paul Heyman leaving the Raw uh, creative team. Excuse me, I just burped too. A yawn and a burp. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify. Follow us there on Spotify as well. J&J Wrestling Podcast. Listen to all our previous episodes. Coming up on around 20-something? 29 or 30? 30, maybe 30, I think. 30 so minutes? Be sure to listen to us. Be sure to listen to us on there. No, 30 episodes. Oh, 30 episodes. Oh, I thought you were talking about minutes for some reason. Alrighty. Should we get into the movie quote? Yes. I just yawned. This... Sorry. <laughs> I know. Oh, you're really interested in our conversation about wrestling, huh? <laughs> when right? am I ever not what? interested? <laughs> Wait. Wait, what? When am I ever not interested? That that would be me saying, when am I not ever in? Forget it. Go ahead. <laughs> 1982, the highest grossing movie throughout the entire 80s. E.T., extraterrestrial. E.T. said it. Be good. That's it. Just be good, people. That's all I gotta say. What about E.T., home phone? Phone home, not home phone. E.T., home phone. No. E.T., Phone home? What did you say? E.T. home e- phone? <laughs> E.T. home phone. Uh, fun fact, you know the person who voiced E.T. smoked two packs of cigarettes a day? Yeesh. Yeah, I know. That seems like a uh, recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it still works for uh, E.T., though. You know, sort of like the way he looks matches the voice, so. Say okay. Okay. Another yawn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. I'm back to work. I don't think people realize that you you sit on your rear for so long. <laughs> you don't really remember how long it, how much work it is to work a whole day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't worked in quite a bit, but uh, I can only, you know, dread how much you. Oh, well, not dread, but how much you don't want to go to work. Well, I don't dread going to work. It's just like being so wiped out after. Yeah, that makes sense. I used to be. When I worked at uh, TJ Maxx, I had to stay there from, like, 4 to, like, 10. And then I had to do homework, so I'd stay up, like, two hours. Yikes. Yikes. Yep. All right. Like Justin said, nice shorty for all of you. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Must Must end the episode. Must end (laughs) the episode now. Uh, so be sure, be on the lookout for our review of Backlash on Monday, and we will see you all then on Monday for our review of Backlash and quite possibly the greatest wrestling match ever. Did you say it? Oh. The greatest <laughs> wrestling, match wrestling match ever. Ever. Forever! 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 Forever. Okay. See you, people.